Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get on your feet, Bears fans. It's time for your Chicago Bears. It's hard not to sound starstruck because it was like, oh my God, we're talking about Devin Hester. It's going to be a good year. I got a feeling about that. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, but you know. And welcome to another episode of the House Hall Brawl podcast. podcast. Some of the best guests around, bringing you new Bears content each week. We are back, season two, episode two. We are here. Oh, yeah. We're ready to go. We're ready to roll. Let's um, get it. Again, we're without Danny for the next couple of weeks as he is traveling like a madman nonstop for his job. He'll be back in March. I'm joined by my right left-hand man. Filling almost, in. almost. And man, Blake Hannitho. Blake. Uh, how you feeling, man? You can follow Blake at Blake Hanatho on Twitter. How you feeling? How you doing? Uh, currently snowing outside in Chicago. Right? Yeah, yeah. It just started coming down right after I got out of work here, but got me fresh out the barbershop, so you know I'm looking good right now, feeling it. Uh, but other than that, you know, just living that life, ready to talk some football. Another episode of the Hellas Hall Brawl, ready to go, man. Off season's in full swing at this point. Yeah, for sure, and and you know. Dry periods, but we actually have some news to talk about. Some some interesting yeah, things that have happened the last over the last couple or over the last week, last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about Bears prospects and free agents to keep an eye on. Uh, we got a great interview today with our good Adam friend Rank. Adam Rank. Uh, third time on. I mean, Adam's just we just love having Adam on. He's a joy to have, um, and obviously a lot of fun. We always have fun when he's on. And then we're going to get into our big board. We're talking most hated athletes on our big board mm-hmm. today, so we're going to rank our top four, um, and then we're going to close it out, possibly answer some mailbag questions. We'll see uh, how we go along the show, but let's get right into it, starting with Emmanuel Acho on NFL Network saying that the Bears, um, he would predict the Bears to be the team that don't make the playoffs uh, in 2019, but to win the Super Bowl in 2020. So it's one of those things, is if there's a team that didn't make the playoffs, who you know, which team that didn't make the playoffs would win the Super Bowl? Emmanuel also said the Bears. Uh, and that was uh, about a week, week and a half ago. Blake, you know, how are you feeling about that? Do you agree with this take and, you know, being as non-biased as you possibly can? Because if you think about it, you got teams like, you know, not making the playoffs that are, are solid teams that could absolutely make a run. So how do you feel about that statement from Emmanuel Acho? 
Well, you know, as a Bears fan, you like to hear it. I wish we weren't talking about that because we had such high expectations. You know, we talked about that. That's a dead horse that's been beaten. But, you know, there's a lot of solid teams, I think, that didn't make the playoffs that have a chance next year. I mean, you think of, like, the Steelers who went 8-8, eight and eight, ton of injuries, you know. Uh, the, the fact that he picked them, I know his brother played for the Bears, Sam Macho. He was a loved Bear there for a while. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's good to hear, but – this whole like offseason, I'm not ready for that kind of hype. The Bears have so much to prove going into next season that I can't even begin to think about them potentially being one of those teams that is the, the one that makes it to the Super Bowl after not making the playoffs in 2019. I, I just like that's not even something that's really even on my radar. Yeah, you know, it's obviously as a fan, it's nice to hear, but they have to make some big changes. Mm-hmm. Not many changes they have to make, but they got to make big changes at big positions in order to do that because I think rolling with. Uh, Trubisky for another year is, is dangerous, and it's gonna, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. There's rumblings that we're gonna get into, lots of rumblings, or actually, we can we can move Pretty into much that. Every soon. Bears quarter or quarterback that's going into free agency or might meet Lou leave their team is being mentioned as a potential Bears quarterback. For sure, for point. sure, everywhere. And and you know, we also heard the reports that some some dude on Twitter. I don't even we don't need to inter- even entertain his handle. Some verified guy on Twitter was mentioning how he has inside sources that the Bears are going to trade for the number one and number two picks in the draft. And, um, you know, it's obviously not going to happen, but it's always fun to talk about hypotheticals. So It is a fun hypothetical for sure. Yeah, and and based off what the Bears have pick-wise this year, the personnel, let's just do a little hypothetical, have fun here with scenarios. What What do you think the Bears would have to get rid of to first get the number one pick? I mean... Joe Burrow, one of the top quarterback prospects in recent memory. Um, yeah. He's had the best year in college football history. So it's obviously going to have to be a lot. I was actually talking to my buddy about this. And, you know, the whatever his name is, Andrew Celio, the guy with these alleged sources, um, said that Cleo Mack was being dangled in trade talks. And I think, I mean, maybe if the Bears offered Cleo Mack both of their second rounders and a first rounder next year, maybe. But I, I just – I don't know because the Bears don't have that first-round pick. And a team that's looking to trade out of one of those top three picks is going to want, you know, a haul of draft picks. You see, like, teams in the past, uh, the one that comes to mind is when the Rams traded out of the number two spot when the Redskins wanted RG3 back in 2012. Uh, they gave him a king's ransom. So uh, it, that's what it's going to take. And obviously, Khalil Mack fetched the Bears two first-rounders – or fetched the Raiders two first-rounders. So, you know, you think about the value that guy has plus a first round next year and two second rounds. Maybe that would be enough to get them to that first spot. But, you know, the Bengals, they need a franchise quarterback. So it's, it's always hard for those kind of teams to pass up on a guy like Joe Burrow, potentially. Um, it's fun to think about. It's just, you know, I feel like it would the Bears would be gutting their team. And they basically, I think, have to go into a full rebuild mode at that point if they're going to go for Joe Burrow because you're trading Khalil Mack then two second rounders and a first rounder next year, potentially. So that's, I mean, what do you have to do? You, you're basically hoping that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback ever right out of the gates. And then you're down the best defensive player in the league potentially. And that's a huge loss. Cause we talked about it last week when we uh, highlighted the edge rushers, you know, the bears aren't deep at edge rusher right now. So, you know, you got Leonard Floyd left over after the aftermath of that trade. And uh, it, that, that's really tough. They'd have to give up a lot to put it lightly. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing that they could do. I mean, Zach Taylor is the head coach <laughs> yeah. of the, the Bengals, right? The new, uh, the young guy. 
Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, you can kind of, I think he wants to work with the young quarterback. I think he's excited about Joe Burrow. I don't think anything, I don't think they're going to budge at all. I think it'd be silly if they budge unless they get a premier quarterback offered. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting to talk about these hypotheticals. And then it's funny, this guy who tweeted this out um, went from Bears looking at the number one pick to the Bears looking at the number two pick. And I don't know about you, Blake, but that's a, I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's a little more believable if you take a, if you look at it, judging by who's going to be pick number two overall, it's probably going to be uh, Chase Young. Um, you know, uh, deals that have been thrown out there, Khalil Mack, um, and, and maybe a pick or two, and then you'd, you'd get basically the number two pick and Alex Smith in return. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Blake, how, how would you feel about that if, if that happened? Obviously, again, disclaimer, these are not going to happen. Yeah. But these are all just hypothetical. It's just a little fun. Having fun in the yeah. offseason. Yeah, that trade, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like at that point, if these hypothetical trades were on the table, I would rather just go all in on that first pick because you trade that second pick. I mean, obviously, you're shedding a ton of salary with Khalil Mack and Chase Young, but, you know, Khalil Mack's an animal and. Alex Smith, man, that's it's tough for me, for me because we really still don't know where he's at. Obviously, if he is healthy and he's able to play at the level he was when he was playing with the Chiefs and uh, that run he had with the Redskins before he got that injury, uh, I think that would be awesome to see on the Bears. But at the same time, it's just that is the unknowable right now. The dude might never play another down in the NFL. And to give up Khalil Mack and potential picks for just basically a guy that you can make le- or that makes less money like Chase Young. Chase Young's going to be a beast. I'm not arguing that, but at the same time, I just if they're going to make one of those deals, I would definitely rather them see get that first pick just to get a quarterback, you know, right? cuz Joe Burrow, Alex Smith, you know, it's it's not yeah. even really close. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can you can put someone in Khalil Mack's um <clears throat> Khalil Mack's, you know, position on defense and they're not going to be nearly as good, but they'll be they'll still be, you know, Top ten, I think, top twelve defense. Uh, but if you you give Joe Burrow a top ten, top twelve defense, that's a that's a deadly team in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you on that. I, I think it's interesting to think about because, you know, it is something that could happen. You could potentially trade Khalil Mack for these generational talented guys in uh, Chase Young and Joe Burrow. Even Jeffrey Okuda kind of kind of fits that mold. A cornerback being probably drafted in the top three of the draft this year. Um, even though two is in that talk as well. So we'll have to see what happens. But always interesting to talk drafts, draft stuff, draft trades as it gets closer. Um, would be hilarious if, he tra- if oh, you know, man. Pace traded up to two and took, like, Jacob Eason. Oh, you know, just, God. Just so oh, random. man. Just that so pains random. me. That pains me just to think about. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's interesting. But, you know, it, it is it is always fun to talk about. <clears throat> um, and, and, you know, speaking of defenses, the Bears recently – uh, picked up a new defensive personnel in the position that we're going to be talking about later in our um, prospect draft prospect free agent segment. Uh, the Bears picked up a new cornerback from Canada. His name is Trey Robertson. Uh, he spent the last two years in the CFL. He recently signed the. Um, oh, whoa! He recently signed with the Bears on a two-year deal worth 1.2 million dollars. And just over $200,000 guaranteed. It's actually the largest CFL to NFL deal since Cameron Wake, Cameron the Miami Wake. Dolphins. Yep. And that actually worked out decent. That so, worked out very well for them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's good. I mean, he has a lot of experience, played college ball uh, in Indiana, Illinois State, and, and, you know, some, uh, you know, I think, and then some professional as well. But 
Blake, uh, you know, we'll take away. What do you have on Trey, and, and what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, this this thing here. Well, you know, I never had a really big chance to watch him. He played quarterback at Illinois State. Uh, he kind of bounced around from positions. He played in Minnesota as a practice squad guy after he was signed. He had a pro day at Illinois State. Vikings caught notice of him. Uh, played for them for a little bit, but didn't work out there. And then he went to the CFL, you know. But talk about a guy that's probably just a straight-up athlete and a football player going from quarterback to cornerback. Um, it's, you know, it, at this time of the year – you get pretty much excited about anything just thinking about it just because <laughs> so, I mean like it's just some action you know what I mean like yeah it's I, mean, I don't really have just any some action real ex- pause, yeah, pause, exactly. pause pause damn Blake's just looking for some action in hey, the offseason looking for some action from Trey Roberson that's that's my boy now but uh you know it, it's it's cool I guess it's exciting to see that he got the most lucrative contract since Cameron Wake uh, just because Cameron Wake was such a success, but, you know, you can't really have too many expectations for a guy like this just because you don't know. It's a, it's a whole different kind of jump in competition from the CFL to the NFL. Uh, I hope it works out because we'll talk about the cornerback position in a little bit, but if you can get a guy on this kind of deal, what you said, like two years, $4.75 million or something like that, yeah. you know, if you can get a guy like that to step in because a lot of people discussing that Prince of Mucamera may not be back next year. I think they would shed around $9 million in cap space. So if you can have a guy like that step up and be a good player for them, that would change the entire landscape of the offseason for them and the way they're going to approach things going forward. But, uh, you know, it's always important to temper expectations. And I think after last offseason with how hyped sure, up this Bears team sure. got, I think it's, you know, just kind of take this slow. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I think just a couple years ago, the Bears signed Jonathan Mincy, I want to say, who was a guy from the CFL. I could be wrong on that, but, uh, you know, it, you never know with these guys. Hopefully it yeah. pans out because it would be awesome to see. For sure. I think he had seven interceptions in the CFL last year. Yeah, that's I think he was, was really good. Like, a couple uh, yeah, sixes as well. A little bit of a ball hawk there. Perfect guy for the Bears defense. So, uh, we'll have to see just how well he pans out. Obviously, we'll be looking at him during training camp when that rolls around. So we're excited to keep take a look at him and actually go to Hallis Hall this year. The Hallis Hall yeah. podcast takes on Hallis Hall, Hall for Brawl training podcast. Game. We'll have to yeah. do some video content. You can see us on YouTube there or something. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do that. So, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll check him out, uh, you know, and, and keep an eye and, and uh, you know, keep seeing if uh, how he fits in with this team. It's it's an exciting uh it's a exciting addition, but again, we never know who's going to be the best. We thought Buster Screen last year was a bust, and the dude was one of our better cornerbacks. So yeah, I had some moments. Yeah, we'll have to see how uh, how he turns out. But um, yeah, we're excited to bring him aboard and uh, and and fill that kind of locker, fill that cornerback position, and uh, and kind of depth. All about this, increasing that depth for sure. That, yeah, depth to the to the to the defense and depth to the cornerback position, which obviously is important pending injuries that we had suffered this past year. So. Uh, welcome aboard, Trey, and hopefully we get to uh, we get to see you in action uh, this summer. Um, all right, so the last kind of big Bears topic we're going to talk about, or segment we're going to talk about here, is where we kind of highlight um, prospects, draft or draft prospects, and free agency targets for different positions. We're doing it each week uh, until free agency hits in about a month. Uh, this week we're talking about cornerbacks and we're talking about guards, talking about linemen, more specifically guards. Uh, we'll start on the cornerback side of the ball. We'll start free agency. Uh, Blake, what do you have for us so far on uh, the cornerback side with free agents? Well, I'm not really sure here just because it's. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to afford one of those top-end guys. They'd yeah, pretty much sure. be using a large majority. You know, There's like a Byron Jones out there. I'm not giving $16 million like PFF is projecting him to get. 
Uh, Chris Harris is a name that you have thrown out before. $13 million seems like a lot to give that guy, especially because – you know, they just signed Buster Screen last offseason to a pretty solid deal to be our slot corner. So that doesn't seem very realistic to me. But, you know, one of the guys that I'm seeing here, Brian Poole, I think that's a very interesting name just because he had such a good season. Uh, he's projected to get around $7.5 million per year right now. And while that would be a pretty solid chunk of change to give, if you're cutting Prince of Mucamera, you're basically getting a guy for, um, what, $1.5 million less. But uh, it's a guy that's been on the come up here. He's young, 27 right now, three years. That'll put him at 30 once that contract's up, potentially, if you give him a three-year deal. Uh, you're pretty much just looking for somebody that can step in and fill that role because you got your big money guy in Kyle Fuller. He's been an all-pro. Uh, Eddie Jackson is an all-pro. And you're kind of just looking to round out that cornerback and safety position. So if they can get a guy like get a guy on a one-year deal, something like an Eli Apple, a guy who's still really young, who's kind of – struggled to find his place in the NFL. I think that would be really good to see. Or even like a Darquez Denard, you know, have him step in for a couple of years and fill that spot. But I, I don't think they're going to break the bank there free agency-wise. Um, the draft is where I can really see them going with this, you know. The, the second-round pick, I remember it was reported, forgive me, I don't remember by who, but it said that they were looking with one of those second-round picks to be targeting a cornerback. Um, and I'm not sure who's going to be there. It's a pretty good cornerback class, though. Uh, I'm looking at a guy like maybe A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Uh, I, he struggled in the national championship game against those amazing LSU receivers, but cornerbacks against LSU struggled all year long, you know? So I think that's a guy you could potentially look at. Uh, another guy would be Jeff Gladney. I, I think that guy is going to be an absolute beast from TCU. Uh, he could pretty much do it all. He can tackle. He can play coverage. Um, I I just don't know if he's going to be there. I think there's a lot of teams that need corners there at the end of the first round. Like even a, a San Francisco, Baltimore could be looking at a corner. Even New Orleans is another team that's a could be looking at a corner there late in the first round. So if he's there, I would love to see Jeff Gladney, but I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting because you know you look at this free agent class with uh, in terms of cornerbacks and. You know, everyone's going to cost you seven million over per year, and and that's just kind of not what we're gonna, we're probably going to do. And the cornerbackers, there's other needs we have to fill. But it's interesting. You look down the list. There's Mackenzie Alexander from Minnesota. Uh, there's Eli Apple, and there's Jimmy Smith, who all are you know under ten that ten mil a year projected mm-hmm. to be. Uh, you know, there's obviously Ronald Darby and people like that. But geez, I don't want to touch those guys. But yeah, you know, you can go down the list and get a solid backup. But um, you know, in terms of in, in terms of, of uh, who we who we more likely to go get, I agree with you. I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a uh, in, in the draft. It's interesting. You look at the draft class here. There's two guys that are. It's just name wise. Uh, AJ <laughs> Green, cornerback out of Oklahoma State, and Lamar Jackson, cornerback out of Nebraska, are two guys in this draft class who are cornerbacks, which I just think is. Uh, Pretty crazy, but uh, looking at the draft, I think the Bears are going to go cornerback. They go cornerback later, um, you know, similar to last year when they drafted Duke Shelley in the sixth round. Maybe they go for someone uh, around that time, mid to late rounds. I'm looking at someone like Damon uh, Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Uh, that whole secondary is a, just a bunch of professionals. So if you can get anyone from the Ohio State secondary, I think you go after it. Um, you sound like you can, Danny. Danny yeah, but Danny's all SEC. Danny's SEC. And Ohio here. State's basically an SEC. Yeah, school. that's true. That's true. But uh, for, for Danny's sake, time. for Danny's sake, uh, Noah Igbeno. Oh, man. Ig- yeah, I don't- With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, Gehenny, cornerback from Auburn. You know, like Danny says, you take those SEC guys any chance you get. There's Tony Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Kind of uh, a little Pride bit of ball. Yeah. yeah. He so was he, a standout at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. He's been shooting up draft boards. Yeah, yeah. So he's a guy you could target, uh, you know, maybe the second to fourth rounds there. And then, um, you know, if you if you want to look later, you can look at someone like Stanford Samuels um, from Florida State, Jace Whitaker. So there, there's options. There's no one. I don't think there's anyone who's going to come start right away. I think we'll be able to have, fill those roles up. But for depth wise, I think it's it's definitely possible that you see a cornerback drafted in the uh, draft by the Bears in the mid to later rounds. I don't think they they use a, one of those first two second round picks, but um, you know who knows. Obviously, I we tried to guess it last yeah. year. It's not even close. So we'll uh, we'll have to take a look. But um, yeah, and then uh, you know the other position that we're going to tackle today, offensive line, the guard position. Um, I think that's pretty vital in terms of what we need here, especially right guard. We had issues the entire season at that position. Um, Blake. Uh, what do you see in free agency in terms of uh, in terms of guard here? Well, I think in terms of free agency, I think this is the one position where they have to go free agency. I think if you can find a veteran, you know, a guy that can step in, have has experience in an NFL offense, I think that's going to be massive because, you know, a rookie is still going to be an adjustment, and a lot of those interior line prospects in this year's draft play mostly center. You know, you talk about like Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, uh, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, uh, those guys, both mostly centers. Obviously, the, it's it's not too difficult of a transition to play guard, but at the same time, I think just going the veteran route is going to be the way to go. So, you know, you look at the, the guards that are available, like maybe a Greg Van Roten from Carolina, 29 years old, about to be 30. He's been in the NFL for a little bit. Solid guy. Uh, they had a pretty good season running the football with Christian McCaffrey, and the offensive line has a lot to do with that. And I think going into this season in 2020, Juan Castillo is really going to want to focus on just increasing the cohesiveness of this group because offensive lines are at their best when they're working together, communicating, with everything, knowing where the blitz is coming from, know which way they got to go, you know. So I think bringing in a veteran for that spot is the move to go. So, you know, Greg Van Rooten, uh, Van Rooten, yeah, Rooten, uh, Stefan Wisniewski, guy from Kansas City, he's familiar with this kind of offense. You know, he graded out really well in pro football focus. And those guys may not command a really long-term commitment. So you're able to get a guy, you know, one to two years, and then if you have to address that position down the road, then you can deal with it there. But at least you can get one of those guys to be serviceable for the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, there are some intriguing options at the top of this, uh, at the top of this list here. Someone like, someone like, uh, you know, there, there's. I'm bringing up a, a little guest. Coop is going to join. Coop in the cut. Coop, does he want to play right guard for the Bears? Yeah, you want to play right guard. You just got to put a little meat on it. 
But uh, someone I like, Brandon Brandon Scherf from from uh, Washington, yeah. uh, battled injuries the last couple of years. Started off strong, but he's been battling injuries. I think uh, you know that would be a, a leader right away if you're able to bring someone like that in. Obviously, you have to you know check out the the recent injuries and make sure he's healthy. But um, another guy at the top of my list here is Joe Thuney, Thunny, whatever from uh, New England. Uh, he's someone who's uh, improved. Uh, like gradually over the past three years, I think he's another solid option. He'll improve this, uh, this line a lot again. Um, you know, according to PFF, he's a top 30 guard. Um, and I, and I think he's a great option, but other than that, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, uh, like lower end guards that I think could, it's a lot of guys that you would take a risk on, uh, and hope that they, show improvement this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at down this list here, Graham Glasgow, Daryl Williams, um, you know, are just some options that you could see them bring in at the guard position. So we'll have to see. Uh, it, it's interesting for sure. Um, real quick before we get into prospects, Blake, what do you think about Alex Bars bringing him up and, and, and you know, I, I, how do they not? I mean, he tur- again, he turned down that Patriots contract. How do they not bring someone I'm like not, him you in? Know. And, you know, we haven't and, seen and him play. Yeah, I mean, we've seen That's him play in preseason. Uh, I think he will be given a chance at some point to compete. Uh, I think they're going to have a hard time keeping him off the practice squad. I think he's going to be a guy that has to make the roster because, like you said, the Patriots tried to come in and scoop him up. So I think he's a guy that we'll see, and maybe, who knows, if they don't adjust that position to be a free agency or the draft, then maybe that's a guy that they're looking at potentially filling that spot. You know, but I I really just think they need someone with some nastiness in that they position. They, they it, need that like they need yeah. that uh, Quinn and Williams type uh, type. Well, star, yeah, Qu- these are defensive linemen. Wait, but. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Who am I thinking of? Quinn and Nelson. Quinn and Nelson. Yeah, yeah, they that's for, it. But for the Colts, Quinn Nelson's an absolute beast, man. He yes. can do it absolutely, absolutely everything. So, but you know, I'm not big on Richie Incognito. I think he, uh, you know, he's kind of got some stuff going on, but. Someone with that, at least, like, nastiness, that yeah, mentality. No, I don't want Richie. You know? I don't fuck with Richie Incognito, man. No way. Yeah, no way. I mean, he's he's got some stuff he's has to figure out. And he had a solid season with the Raiders. I give him credit. But, yeah. you know, at least the, what I'm saying here is that I think somebody with that kind of mentality is what they need because their offensive line, face it, you know, last year, they so, look kind of soft. Yeah, a little soft. And a little bit of that nastiness, that meanness just that you know that that earthy lineman i feel like that's what they need down there you know and i i think there is some prospects potentially that they could look at in the second round yeah for sure cooper's trying to get up again um in the draft it's it's interesting there is i guess it's not a very strong draft class in terms of guards they, they'll have like a top five or six guard there mm-hmm. in the second round that they'll have available for them uh guys like <clears throat> uh tyler biada biadas Biadish. Yadish. Yadish. Ben no, those Fred. Wisconsin linemen, those are mean guys. Yes, those guys yeah. that come in and make moves, man. I mean, those Big Ten linemen in general, mm-hmm. Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen, uh, I would like right to see there that. As well. uh, you got like Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, Damian Lewis. I think Damian Lewis had a little bit of that mentality, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's he, a big uh, boy. Yeah, he, he was good back there for LSU. I mean, you know, there's options. There's plenty of options here uh, for guys to come in and, and, and you know, make an impact, possibly fill in maybe if there's an injury and, and, and you know, prove himself. But I, would, I personally would like to see Alex Bars come up and show us what he can do and potentially fill that role. I mean, I don't know how much worse you can get than, than like, Ted Larson in that position there. So I think bringing up Alex Bars is almost a no-brainer just to see how he does, uh, especially after a year of development. 
um, and work. I think uh, I think it'll it'll you know do great. But yeah, before we get into our interview with Adam Rank, we're going to transition real quick into the other football league right now that's going on that just started week one. XFL, baby. the XFL, the XFL is here, and I'm not going to lie, Blake. I lo- I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the yeah. XFL. Yeah, I, I mean it was football. great job. Yeah, it was definitely better than the AAF. I want to start with that because the oh, AAF sure. was just sure. kind of – I mean, that yeah. was boring. That wasn't good enough. I want to say the XFL, the XFL built up a Twitter following. They built up a fan base. Yeah. They sold more tickets than the in, before the games the even first- started than the entire AAF. Um they uh, they just they're entertaining. You can tell that they're trying to engage them more with the fans. I love yeah. the new rules. I think we get to see some new rules that might go into the NFL the in effect in the XFL. Fire. I love the kickoff rule. I think it's kickoff great. It's absolute fire. More more opportunity for returns too. It's like it's literally like a game of um, Red Rover. It's like pick 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 which lane. It does kind of look like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty cool. But basically, you know, for those that didn't watch, it's it's they're lining up on the what like the thirty or the twenty five. Both yeah. guys like. So on, on closer to the end zone side, there, there's a, a the team. One team is lined up on the 25. One team's lined up on like the 30. Uh, on the on the same side of the field, they're five yards apart. The ball's kicked. Once the receiver catches the ball, uh, then they start going to try to tackle. It's a lot of fun. Uh, other rule changes also a uh, there's only two timeouts per half. There's also that you can also go for one point, two point, three point. I had a lot of fun. Um, watching it, I thought it was really entertaining. PJ Williams from Houston. I think he had four touchdowns, just under 300 yards for the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, he was the player, the first player of the week for the XFL. Um, Cardell Jones for DC. Defenders also look good. Blake, what was your overall thoughts of the XFL? Who's your team you're rooting for? Well, my first thought about the XFL is that Mark Tressman offense is already in midseason form. A solid oh. three points. Couldn't move three the ball. Well, they actually did move the ball a few times because they they got inside the 10 a couple times and then, you know, Aaron a fumbled Murray. snap. Aaron Murray. Yeah, I, I love watching that, but I do not like seeing Mark Tressman on the sideline. That kind of gives me those flashbacks a little bit. But uh, I, I'm really excited because, you know, any football to me is entertaining. Like I'm, you know, we're all the same here. We, we're football junkies. We'll watch it any time of the year. Um, so I, I want it to be a success. And the first week was a good sign, but they're going to have to keep that going here because, you know, uh, uh, Big Cat said it on part of my take this week, and I think this is the perfect way to say it. Uh, it's got to survive that April stretch. If it's able to still survive during that April stretch where, you know, you got March Madness. Well, that's in March, but, like, you know, there's that little stretch there in the, the draft. middle of March to the April. That's what I'm saying. We got drafts. The agency. And- well, free agency, not even like football. I'm talking like sports-wide. You got basketball oh, playoffs starting. Baseball. NHL playoffs starting. Baseball started. March Madness. So, you know, that's going to be the key. If it can still stay somewhat relevant. I know it had really good ratings this past weekend. I think it had more so than any basketball or any other college basketball, anything else going on. But if it can still just kind of keep its head above water, I think that is going to be a real key indicator if it's going to be able to have sustained success. And also, I just want to say, I think a big game changer for the XFL over the AAF or like uh, they had the United Football League like a few years ago. I only remember like the one team was like the Las Vegas Locomotives, but like they had like a four team league. I think the really a really good thing for them is that their broadcast is on point. They were able to get those contracts. Greg Olson was in the booth on Sunday, I think, for the Vipers and Guardians game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they got a contract with ESPN and Fox, two big market. And ABC. uh, Yeah, ABC ABC. and ESPN are both – they're both owned by Disney. So it's like they're kind of on the same thing. Yeah, but at the same time, like that's huge because those – 
uh, you know, as football fans, that's what we watch. And, you know, the AAF was on CBS, but at the same time, it never really felt like that official broadcast. But, you know, when I'm watching the Fox broadcast of the games and then the ESPN, like it feels like you're watching that real football. And I think that was awesome. And I think that's going to be a huge thing going forward. And if they can get the NFL on board and really use this XFL as a development league, I think that's going to be incredible because the NFL has never really had anything like that. You know, they had the... They had the Europe League for a little bit there, but, you know, that wasn't really as televised. It wasn't really the same. The Internet was just kind of getting started there, and it never really blew up. But if they can really just use this as a minor league system, like a, like a G League kind of thing, you know, I, I would love to see that, and I would be very interested in watching it. Yeah, absolutely. It's It'll be interesting for sure. You know, there's a lot of cool logos. Like I, I remember some, I don't remember who it was. Someone said like it took the NFL, NFL in a hundred years hasn't put a dragon on a logo, and someone finally did it in the XFL yeah, season yeah. one. Do you have a team, Blake? I don't, but you know, the first game I was watching. I mean, it's easy to say that I was watching the DC Defenders in that first game and watching Cardell Jones. I have a couple of buddies who are big Ohio State fans, and they were kind of declaring that as their squad. And you know, I was kind of just watching that. So I like the DC Defenders. So that's a team, but I haven't really decided yet. I, yeah. I'm kind of still. I know I won't be a Tampa Bay fan just because of uh, Mark Tressman there, but you know it's still in the works here. I don't want to be like considered a fair weather XFL fan, but yeah, you know, kind of seeing what team grips me the most. Yeah, I'm gonna be a. Uh, I think it's because I'm I'm a hometown sports guy. I root for the sports teams that are you know that I'm first of all born into, and then that's clo- then after that closest to me. Uh, so I think I'm gonna go with the Battle Hawks of Seattle. They start. I want to know against the Renegades. I was determining between the Battle Hawks and. Uh, the Guardians for um, uh, Tanner Gentry, but I think I'm going to go with the Battle oh, Hawks yeah, and that's the, right. the Guardians at a close second. So Tanner comes back week four, so he's out. There's a three pretty weeks. decent amount of solid bear, or, uh, Bears that or guys that play for the Bears that are yeah. playing in this league too. You know, Evan Rodriguez, he was a fourth round pick. Uh, he's playing in the league. Uh, you said it, uh, Gentry. Um, who else? I'm thinking of Trey McBride is one I remember seeing, and then Will <laughs> Sutton. Former Will third round Sutton. pick. I don't even know how you remember this stuff, but that's insane. Hey, you know, it's all locked up in the old cranium. Yeah, jeez. That's, that's, Too that's much awesome. Bears knowledge for my own good, dude. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's cool that you caught that, though. But yeah, there's, there's, uh, I know Tanner Jemery for sure is, is a favorite out there. Will Sutton uh, brings back, you know, brings back some memories for sure. So, all right, let's get into this interview. Uh, another awesome interview. It's myself and Usay Koshal at Usay Koshal on Twitter. Our, the executive producer of the Brawl Network helps us out with this interview. Adam joins for the third time. We talk a lot of different things, have some fun. His son, who unfortunately was a little sick, uh, his little little baby son joined in, uh, and, and uh, we had a lot of fun, had a great interview as always. So hope you guys enjoyed this interview uh, with our guy, Adam Rank. All right, and on the line now, we've got for, I think, the third time now, uh, one of our favorite reoccurring guests. Uh, you can find him on NFL Network. He's your fantasy guru. We've got all your answers to fantasy and, and uh, you know, NFL analyst. Uh, he's got his own podcast, the Adam Rank Podcast. Find him on Twitter, at Adam Rank, the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Rank himself. Adam, how are you doing? What's going on, Austin? So, uh, so good to hear from you again. And, yeah, once again, a pleasure. Hey, hey, guys, I'm back on. Can you hear me? All right. He, he can hear us now. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to restart that. I had a killer intro, too. That sucks. Hey, we roll on, Austin. All right. Let's, uh, let, let's roll on, then. We got the, we got the raw footage. I, I stopped there for a quick second and then restarted it again. So we're rolling technical difficulties and all. Adam wants, this, Adam wants the show to go on. So, Usaid, how are you doing? Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you guys? And uh, how's Adam? <laughs> yeah, I think he hears. Can you hear us now? Yeah. He waves. Adam, can you hear Usaid? I cannot hear him at all. Usaid, say, hey, Adam, how are you? Hey, Adam, how are you? Oh, my gosh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. All right, Ron, ready to ready to roll with uh, with Adam again. Adam, I want to start off. I know it's been, been, a, been a while, but, uh, you know, your thoughts on the end of that Bears season and, you know, how big of a disappointment is it? I know 8-8 eight and eight with a bad defense or a bad offense isn't, necessarily the worst thing in the world but uh, what are your overall thoughts on the end of the season isn't it wild that they ended up finishing eight and eight because during the course of the season it felt like a four-win year or something like that and you think back you're like oh yeah they were three and one if i'm not mistaken i'm not looking and i don't have the notes in front of me but it's like they were three and one if they would have won in london they would have been 4-1 going into the break, and they'd have been like, okay, maybe things can, can work out for the better. Maybe they steal a win against, they're not steal one, but if MVP makes that, that kick against the Chargers, you're like, I know there's always a lot of what, what ifs. And this, this is one of the things that comes with trying to predict seasons and why people are like, I can't believe you said this team. It was like, because there's so many wild swings and so many different routes these seasons can go. But I think of that game in London against the Raiders, should have won. I think of the game against the Chargers, Eddie P makes that kick. Now they're 10-6. and six. That's a playoff team. Yeah. I, it's incredible to me. So I don't want to get too down, but I don't think at the same time I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to say anything like they're going to win, you know, 12 or 15 games next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also do, before we get into a little more specific bear talk, I do want to ask, uh, any fantasy heartbreaks or triumphs? Because I know, you, uh, you know you've you got your team. So any interesting stories of uh, heartbreaks or success stories this year? You know what? I mean, I, I won a couple of leagues, lost a couple of heartbreakers in the championship. The one that I think that I'm most disappointed about was our NFL Fantasy League one. Went up against the fantasy footballers. We had a semifinal game, and it was really the championship of our expert division. And I had a team that included Lamar Jackson, Aaron Jones, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, and I lost. And it was one of those things that was heartbreaking to me. I know. Losing, losing because I had DJ Moore in so many leagues that when he – got injured in week 16 because the week before I lost Mike Evans before the semifinal game. But yeah, just losing that heartbreak the way that it was like looking back at like drafts and the guys you're like, Oh my gosh, like who are your drafts? Stunt? Like I did this thing called league league winner series. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, talk about how great I am, but I was like, Lamar Jackson's one of my guys, Mark Ingram, we love Cooper Cup, all those guys I mentioned before. I did have David Montgomery on that list, so it's not always perfect. I did like Baker Mayfield as well, but he did pretty well. And it's like, oh, it just shows you, like, sometimes it's so hard, everything's so fun. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can never comprehend. You know, Jameis Winston having as many points 
as Lamar Jackson in Week 15 was disgusting. But you know what? It is what it is. We roll on, and we're on to 2020. Hey, in my big league, I did ask you, you know, when Drew Brees went down, I was like, you know, I'm thinking about trading, you know, Michael Thomas. What do you think? And you said, I'd hang on to him. I'm not ready to sell him yet. And he ended up carrying my team to the second overall seed and, and into the playoffs. So another prop to you on that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater came in and saved the day for us. So that was huge. And Mike Thomas, I wish I had more shares of Mike Thomas last year. For sure. Yeah, he's but, one, of the, you know, one of those league winners think, for sure. Go ahead. No, for sure, for sure. And I think that Chris Godwin, even though Chris Godwin, I'm pretty confident, was the wide receiver too this year. So I'm not really making some sort of grand proclamation. But I'm really into, like, getting Chris Godwin in, in, in as many places as possible this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into the bear talk now. Some some depressing, some happy, some hopeful maybe. So Usaid, if you want to start this off and uh, and ask uh, ask some questions here, you know, Adam, I gotta ask you. So a lot of staff changes going on at Hallis Hall with uh, guys like Helfrich being out, couple new coaches in. So just what are your thoughts on the hiring of guys like uh, Lazor? I hope I'm not butchering his name, and then as well as uh, John DiFilippo. No, I kind of like it. I remember when D. Philip was in the head coaching carousel back when Matt Nagy was hired as the head coach, and a lot of people, a couple of my friends, are like, "Oh, they actually preferred D. Philip," and I'm like, "No, no, no, we're not going down that direction, that 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 rabbit hole or whatever." I was a big Matt Nagy proponent, but I do kind of like the guys that he brought in with D. Philip, uh, Bill Lazor, and all those guys. Should add a little bit more credibility. I thought Elfridge, you know. That was one I kind of thought was going to have a bigger impact. Huge fan of his when he worked in Oregon. and thought that perhaps there could be kind of a tie between him and Marcus Mariota joining the team this year. But you know what? I kind of like it. I kind of like what they've done. I, I kind of like, you know, the one thing that I always wish with these young coaches is that they do bring in a coordinator who has experience, you know, either calling a timeout in this league or, or working with a high-profile job or something like that. You know, when you think back to Sean McVay's success in his first couple of years with the L.A. Rams, he had Wade Phillips with him, a guy who had been a head coach, a guy who had been a head coach of the Cowboys who knew the pressure of being a big-time coach. When you look at what Joe Judge is going to be walking into in New York, you know, a first-time head coach, a guy who was a special teams coordinator going into a job in New York City, to have a guy like Jason Garrett there is going to mean the world to him. So I, I always felt that, Matt Nagy could have used some of that experience. I think Fangio being there the first year kind of really helped that. It kind of was evident that somebody like that was not around the second year. But I think these are good additions. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I know they're really committed to working with the quarterback. And and so I, I think that we can expect some good things. I, I'm a big Matt Nagy guy, so I'm not going to be one of those haters. I know that it's a, it's a split with the Bears faithful, but I, I think that these are all positive changes. Well, yeah, we uh, we were a Trubisky podcast the whole year and however many months we've been uh, we've been together. But I think we've slowly shifted to Matt Nagy this year. So, you say what else you got? Yeah, you know, so I gotta ask you. I mean, obviously, Kyle Long retiring to me, he was the best bear of the 2010s. But what was your favorite uh, Kyle Long moment, Adam? I'm gonna. It's a personal anecdote, and I don't know if I should share this or not. But it's Kyle Long. For whatever reason, he follows me on Twitter, which is amazing. And I have become like his go-to Star Wars person. Like he, 
That's you ask sick. me Star Wars questions out of the blue, and you're like, oh my god, like I can't believe I'm having these conversations. He's super cool about it. It's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I think one of them, he was asking, like, what order should we do it? Should we start with this movie? Should we start with that movie? And of course, the proper way to start it is to go with episode four, four, five, one, two, three, six, because that way you don't ruin any surprises of what happens in episode five. Then he goes seven, eight, nine. Now there's some people who might want to go with Rogue One as the very first one and have that lead into to episode four, but. I think you can't go wrong going with number four, which is that what I think he eventually ended up doing with his girlfriend. It was his girlfriend who had never seen Star Wars, so we were helping out. That's so I always think you know, like that's a little cool thing. I know it wasn't the best moment. Like, I know you're probably looking for a moment on the field, but that to me is what will always stand out. No, that trumps any like the a personal moment with someone like Kyle Long is probably that probably trumps anything that we could possibly imagine. I'm actually a big Star Wars guy myself, but yeah, that that's freaking awesome. What do you think of the new Star Wars movies? Like the most recent or you know most recent couple? Split split feelings on them. No, I like them. I, I've been a big fan. I just wish that either JJ had done all three and they kind of could have taken over his vision because I feel the first half of nine was him trying to wedge in all the stuff that he would have done in eight but didn't get a chance to do. So we had to do a fast catch up. And so it would have just been more cohesive to have one guy. But I also like that Ryan Johnson had done. I thought he did some nice character development and some of the things there. So I was. I was cool with it. I just wish there would have been a little bit more cohesion, but I ended up enjoying all three of them. And the thing that I enjoy the most, though, is that we're going to have a brand new brand new season, final season, because they'll run into Order 66 at some point. But the Clone Wars, we're going to get one more season of the Clone Wars. So I think once the Super Bowl's over, I'm going to go back and I'm going to end up watching that all over again and uh, enjoying that. And I think that anybody who's a Star Wars fan who hasn't taken advantage of watching the Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that, you're really selling yourself short. And if you're having, if you have a bitter taste from any of the uh, 7, 8, 9 movies, then that'll be a good opportunity to go back and kind of erase those negative thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some other, you know, in the, I haven't watched many of them, but I know there's some different storylines in there that kind of spin off of the movies and stuff. It's pretty cool. But yeah, all right. So uh, back to football. That was an awesome answer. I got I got to say. Sorry. No, that's awesome. We could go, I mean, we can go on and on. I could get my buddies in here. We could literally just make this a two-hour thing, just start talking Star Wars. But uh, let's, uh, let's go into uh, Back to the Bears. So, obviously, tough season with Mr. Trubisky. Was it the office? Was it Nagy? Was it Trubisky? Who knows? But what would you like to see? Or do you believe, um, first, do you believe that in the you know in their pre- postseason press conference, do you believe Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace that they're going to already commit to Mitch Trubisky for 2020? As, as of this point right now, I definitely believe that's going to be the case. Fully expect Mitch Trubisky to be the starting quarterback in week one. I do believe, though, that there could be a situation that the Bears are in a similar spot as the Titans this year. So they had Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback, brought in a veteran like Ryan Tannehill to back up, and if things do not go well, make that switch at some point during the season, which would mean that you end up bringing in a quarterback like Andy Dalton to be the backup as opposed to somebody like getting Cam Newton or Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers or somebody like that who's going to come in and command to be a starting quarterback. So I think that going out and getting either Dalton or Mariota or one of those guys, Nick Foles maybe, 
and kind of like, hey, we have this veteran backup if things don't progress as we want them to. We have this insurance policy, and we're ready to go. I do anticipate him being the starting quarterback. And you know what? Let's be realistic. The way that the the quarterback contracts work nowadays, these aren't big money deals. These aren't these. We're not tied into a lot of money. And as a matter of fact, whether Mitch Trubisky works out or not, he should be a quarterback who has his fifth-year option picked up because, at the very worst, Mitch Trubisky is a very serviceable backup quarterback on the NFL level. Oh, poor Sorry, buddy. buddy. My, oh, poor buddy. My buddy's got yeah, little wedge here is uh, he's uh, he's worried. But I'm like, listen, calm down. You're fine. The thing is, though, is that he literally will have an NFL career for the next 10 to 12 years and nothing worse than being a backup because he is he's, a, he's an athletic guy. He can throw the ball. He can, he can run an offense. It, the, the question is, will he ever, you know, take that next step? And I think that the one thing that if I'm the coaching staff, when I'm sitting down with him this year, is that, look, you're going to have to run the football. And I think that after he got injured again this year by the hands of the Vikings, like I, you got to be smarter when you slide, but you got to use your mobility. When Mitch Trubisky is running, he's very hard to defend. Like he's, I would have more designed runs for him. I would design more plays for him to get him out of the pocket, let him go out and do his thing, and then he could be a serviceable quarterback. I think that you know, and I've made this remark before. You know, watching Mahomes do what he does, he's got the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. I know, I'm not supposed to say Mahomes. Sorry. <laughs> I think we can safely say that that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the Michael Jordan of that draft. But I think it still remains to be seen whether Trubisky can be the Olajuwon or the Sam Bowie. And I know neither one of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of the older Bears fans and Chicago people will know exactly what I'm referring to. But I think that he's still got a chance, even though Mahomes is going to do something otherworldly, I still think there's a chance for Mitch Trubisky to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. If you had the option right now, would you do Trubisky and Mac for Joe Burrow? No. Crazy no, no, no. scenario. No. no, 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 no. Joe Burrow will be a fine NFL quarterback. I think that he kind of translates into a maybe a, like kind of a Tony Romo type of player, maybe even an Andy like a better version of, of Andy Dalton. He does a lot of things well. Uh, no, listen, I like Andy Dalton. I'm not I'm not besmirching Joe Burrow. I think that his footwork's great. He makes good decisions. You know, staying in school and getting those extra reps, I think all of that stuff really pays off. And I think that he's going to be a top third NFL quarterback, I'm not sure that he's going to go out and be somebody that goes to the Hall of Fame, but I think he's going to be a guy who will be a good quarterback, like a Carson Palmer type of player. Like, he's going to be good, but I don't think that it's like a fait accompli that he's going to come in and tear up the NFL like he's Patrick Mahomes. Hey, well, a Carson Palmer type quarterback would be the best quarterback in Bears history, so, uh, you know, good is. Exactly. Yeah, good's all we need. All right, you say. Yeah, Adam, so I know you do a lot of fantasy stuff, and I rely on you each week to help me win my league. In week one, I uh, lost by, like, 0.2 points, but who's your sleeper for um, fantasy to break out from the Bears in 2020? Early, early sleeper. Early sleeper, whoever ends up being the starting tight end, because Nagy's offense is predicated on the tight end. And really, when you look, 
some of Mitch's development, not having a tight end that he can rely on is something that that's really hurt Trubisky moving forward or over the last, over the last season. And really, you know, it's funny is when you think of Adam Shaheen, I know that our own Daniel Jeremiah loved him and I'm like, okay, like I'm into this, like whatever school. And I know that nobody was looking at this player at that point, but it's like the same draft, George Kittle went as Adam Shaheen. As much as we're like upset about losing out on Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, you're like, oh, like how rad would it have been to pick a, pick a Bears fan who went to Iowa, could be the tight end for this team, just crushing people. That's the one that hurts. Although I would say that if you're a Broncos fan, because the player who was picked right in front of George Kittle in the fifth or sixth round or whatever it was, the Broncos picked Jake Butt. Oh. I'm like, oh, dude, that one. That's gonna work. That's gonna hurt worse than Shaheen because you were going tight into that spot. You had a choice of the two of them, and you went. Yeah, you picked the wrong guy. Yeah. I think that whoever whoever does emerge as the tight end is going to have a great opportunity. Eric, maybe it's Eric Ebron who's being publicly courted on social media. I also love the way that Tony Miller developed over the season, too. Now, that game against the Rams was kind of forgettable. You had some drops, and you're like, this is awful. That's another game that should have been winnable. But anyways, I think Anthony Miller's going to have an opportunity, and I think hopefully they will get a long-term deal done with Allen Robinson because – Number one, they need a little bit of cap space. Number two, just lock him up. He wants to be there. Yeah. He chose the Bears. Like, lock him up. Like, let's do it. And as a matter of fact, I know this is not going to happen, but I made the joke to him, like, if Tom Brady signs with the Bears, I'm like, Alan, don't give that number up. You keep the number 12. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's for sure a tough draft. You, you know, you miss out on uh, Mahomes or Watson, and then you miss out on Kittle and – Imagine if they imagine if they got that right. I can't even imagine how good this offense would be. That oh my god, something Could you crazy. Deshaun Watson and uh, George, George Kittle. Kittle. No, I cannot. That would be unbelievable. I unbelievable. And like and the everyone would want to watch that too. That would be crazy. It's too much for the boy to think. I know he's like you're my 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 head. You say you got anything else for Adam before we let him go? Uh, just, you know, what are your expectations for this Bears defense going into 2020? Because I know, like, last year, 2019, they dealt with so many injuries, like Hicks, Trevathan, Roquan, Smith, and then people kind of saw, like, the turnovers and sacks were down, which were obviously, like, a major reason that this team had such a great defense in 2018. So what are you looking for from the defense in Pagano's second season? You know what? It's it's funny. You're probably not old enough to remember, but earlier in the two, back when Erlacher and all those guys were playing, it seemed like the, the, the Bears would always have these seasons where guys like Mike Brown would have excessive number of turnovers and have these, you know, scoring it almost, not at will, but, you know, having these opportunities. Back-to-back pick sixes to win games in 2000. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you had years like that, and then you had years where it wasn't quite as good. The injuries kind of got him, and I think last year was just an injury year. I think not having Akeem Hicks in the middle not only hurt them in run defense, which allowed teams to go ahead and run the ball on them almost at will at times, it seemed, but it also is a, is a matter of getting pressure on the quarterback. So if they can find, you know, if they can get Akeem Hicks healthy, Roquan Smith is going to develop into a Pro Bowl linebacker. Of that, I have no doubt. As long as he gets his stuff together, he is going to be fine. 
you can probably draft some. Uh, there's a couple of edge rushers. You know, everybody on Bears Twitter is looking at guys right now. They just kind of need an edge guy to replace Floyd. Who I mean, I, I like Floyd. I think he's a decent NFL player, but I think that at some point you need somebody who's a little bit more consistent, putting pressure on the quarterback. Absolutely, somebody who can work a lot. You know, and if they get the pressure on the quarterback, the turnovers are going to return. So it's it's not that big a deal. I thought the defense, yeah, exactly. The defense was not as bad as a lot of people made it out to be last year. So I think you go out there, you get healthy, you find an edge rusher or two. Uh, hopefully, you can bring back Haha Clinton Dix or find somebody. You know, I, I have no, I have no, no worries about them replacing Haha or Prince Amukamura or anybody like that. I think they'll do a fine job with that. I think they'll get that squared, but. The secondary will be, hold on, let me finish. The secondary will be good as long as those guys return healthy and put pressure on the quarterback. It's going to be fun. I think Pagano's a good coach. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then uh, obviously injuries hurt. And and if we could take Leonard Floyd and just play him whenever we play the Packers, I think that would that would work. But uh, that's not how it works, unfortunately. All right, I just want to close it off. Listeners are going to hear this well after this happened. But Eli Manning retires today, January twenty second, two thousand twenty. Adam, is he a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer? What are your thoughts on that? I say they wait because if Tom Brady plays just one more season. Then you wait for Eli so that Eli and Tom Brady go into the Hall of Fame at the same time. I that would be really fitting. I would I like that. That would be amazing, yeah. right? But I, I think that the, we could have the conversation of should he be a Hall of Famer? Is he one of the best quarterbacks who ever played the game? We can say that and we can have that debate and it's fun to take a side and everybody has a different kind of criteria for what they think a Hall of Famer should be. But it's foolish to think that he's not getting it because he will be voted in. We know how the Hall of Fame works. It's all about politics. We know that the, the writers love the Manning family. There is no way he's going to be denied. I know. It's making the boy jump. There's no way he's going to be denied this opportunity. You know what it is? Is I've got earbuds in and he's looking at him like, I need to rip those out. <laughs> I need so them. I need them. Like, I need them so much. He's fighting this fever. Like he might have even... Duke to his camps, so there's a lot of things oh, going buddy. on with him. All right, Adam, we won't keep. Been a trooper, though, right? Oh, absolutely, he's been great. He's gave him some great answers. Adam and Little Rank, we'll let you guys go. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, the Little guy's here. Better. She's just been good all the way around being a chief. You said you not said she's fan. No, 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 oh. not a fan. No, 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 she's just she's just being awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Sitting that's here, awesome. minding her own business, playing games. Good for her. That's awesome. She's gonna be a gamer, I think, when we grow up. All right, so. So is she gonna be like uh, like streaming? You know what? I you know what I you know what's funny is that I spent so much time working with the Madden community, and you see women in other games, but you don't have. I haven't seen it yet. She might be out there, but uh, we haven't seen a a full on like full fledged female get far in these Madden tournaments. Maybe she can be the one that, that, that breaks that barrier. Hey, start start training her young, you know? She's four, so we're going to have to start getting her in the Madden soon. But we'll Just see what happens. Start putting up, like, like, uh, like pieces of paper with, with the different, like, like X, circle, triangle. Get her used to those so that – and then give her a controller and, and have, her, uh, have her go from there. Absolutely. Just the hardcore training. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> All right, Adam, we appreciate it, as always. Love having you on, and, uh, you know, hope the little guy gets better soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, and as always, the pleasure.
And as always, another awesome interview with our guy, Adam Rank. Adam, we had a lot of fun having you on. You can follow him on Twitter, at Adam Rank. He's on the NFL uh, Network talking about fantasy football. He's got all your fantasy football needs when that time comes around next season. Uh, lots of great content from Adam, and we'll have him on again this offseason. So, Adam, great talking to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, moving into our last segment of the day, it is that time. It is big board time That's from the House Hall Brawl. Us four are us two are gonna pick four. Um, four. We have four slots on our big board, and this week we're gonna rank yep. the most hated uh, athletes in professional sports. Our big boards. Um, I can start first if you don't mind, Blake. Yeah. I will start. You might we'll just go one. Talk, we'll just go. What do you think? One each or two each to start? How do you want to do this? You do one and way? one. Go back. Let's and do one and here. one. And then we'll close this out. So starting with my big board, number four on uh, most hated athletes. I think I'm going to go Kevin Durant. I, I, um, that's a good pick. I just, I just think he's like, you know, between the burner accounts on Twitter, uh, the, the chain, the going to, from team to team, um, you know, to, to, to win a ring, the selfish yeah. attitude and just kind of like, I don't know, just whining uh, all the time. Selfish, just, though? I, okay. I don't, right. Kevin well, Durant's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I, I loved him since he came out of Texas. And I yeah, I get it. Texas. I loved him at Texas, bro. I like, get the hate. I feel like I feel like the NF I feel like the NBA has like the the superstardom has made yeah. him into who he is now. Hey, you gotta get yours, man. It's a business. I know. It's interesting to see. We'll have to see how he does on Brooklyn next year with Kyrie. You know, that could t- that's going to tell a lot of how, of how he is. But I think in terms of hate, I think uh, Kevin Durant's oh, yeah. my number four. And, it, it, I mean, it makes sense to why the whole cupcake thing, you know, eventually you kind of start feeling bad for him because he got picked on so much. But then the burners came up, and you're just like, man. Right. It's a combination of those things. I know. It's a combination. They were up 3-1 to one on Golden State after the Golden State went 73-9. and nine, And then he goes and plays for that team. And, you know, it is a soft move. Like, I'm not going to argue that. But I get why he did it. But at the same time, a combination of all those things, yeah. he. I mean, he is one of the most hated athletes for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. right. Who's your number four for you? My number four, he's not on my list of hated athletes. I've never held any hate for him. He's actually one of my favorite of all time, but he did get a lot of hate and still gets a lot of hate. And it's my boy, Cuddy. Jay Cutler, bro. Jay Cutler does not deserve the heat. I'm one of those people, but I, t- I, I, li- I like him now because what we're That's, going through. I did not right. like him. Oh, man, dude. Jay was – I'm telling you – like when we first traded for Jay Cutler, I oh man, how old? I, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade, man. I remember like getting all my change out of my piggy bank. It was right around Easter. Like I was saving all my money, ordered that Jay Cutler jersey, and the rest is history, man. I stand that man. Bears fans did not appreciate him when we had him. Talk about like horrible supporting cast too. Like you know, people are trying to you know cut Mitch Trubisky some slack, saying offensive line wasn't great. Uh, receiver, some people are wild and saying that wide receivers weren't even doing great. But I mean, Mitch Trubisky has a better offense last year and the year before than Jay Cutler maybe had until he had you know Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and Matt Forte. Obviously, that was very good. But you look at that those wide receivers like for a majority of his Bears career. I mean, we're talking Johnny Knox and Devin Hester is the best too. Like, and I mean, Jamarcus Webb at right tackle; those were hard times on an offensive. Jamarcus Webb. So you know, Jay Cutler gets a lot of hate. I have him at number four. I love him to death. He's my favorite Bears quarterback in history. Probably top three Bears player ever for me, just because I stand that man. So Jay Cutler gets a lot of unnecessary heat. I think <laughs> Blake stands that man. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. Shout out, Cuddy. I I, I liked him. Um. 
you know, but it's just like I don't know. I kind of didn't like his ad. I guess I didn't like his attitude. I was kind of yeah. one of those. I was kind of one of those tool bags. <laughs> I, there's a lot of people that didn't like it, and I, I get it. You know, he definitely was a little bit lethargic on the sidelines from time to time, but he probably didn't care, and he still doesn't care. So he probably thing, just man. Didn't, he didn't give a shit. I mean, yeah, he's on PMT a lot. It's they're funny interviews. He's a good. He's all around. He's a good guy. Vinny, he's on that very Cavalieri show. It's mm-hmm. it's hysterical. All right, number four for me. Uh, it's tough, but I think I'm going to go Roger Clemens. Uh, Roger Clemens is someone who was so loved during his career until that, you know, he, he was taken HGH, which I think a lot of people kind of figured. Um, but yeah, he's someone who just, first of all, playing for the Yankees, he had a great career, but obviously playing for the Yankees and being as good as he was, you're going to be hated by almost every other fan base. Yeah. yeah, but he was one of the you know one of the greatest pitchers ever, um, and, then, and then obviously the whole scandal broke, and and it was just a tough time for him. Got hate for everyone. Uh, someone obviously I grew up watching. You grew up watching when we were kids, very young. It's like the, with the Randy Johnson, yeah. Pedro Martinez era. But um, yeah, just lots of memories there, and and obviously those memories of Roger Clemens, lots of hate for that guy. So he's going to be number three on my big board there. My number three is another guy that I – well, actually a guy I used to hate, but I, I can't hate him anymore just because of how good he is. And I, I got to go LeBron, man. LeBron uh, is one of the goats. He gets so much hate Respect. regardless. But, I mean, like, okay, and, you know, me in 2010, I was a young guy, and I wanted him to come to the Bulls, man. That's all I heard about, like, LeBron. Whoa, man, coming to the Bulls. I remember that. Legendary that shit, dude. Yeah. And then he didn't, and he went to Miami, and that was like that original KD. Like that kind of had that effect for me. I was like, really? Like that's that's soft, man. And uh, you know, you keep watching him, and you just keep watching him overcome and become great and personify greatness. And it, it, it's impossible to hate him, but people still do somehow. People still want to push him down and say he's not as great as he is. Hate on him, tell him soft. But you know, hey, you know, LeBron is LeBron. Uh, I think as as far as I'm concerned, Michael Jordan's still the goat. But the only real conversation you can have between the GOAT, the debate, is Michael Jordan or LeBron. And, you know, that's the thing. Well, this is a common thing with GOATs. GOATs always get hate at some point, you know. So I I got LeBron at number three for me. All right, for me, I'm not going to do a player. I was going to do a player from this team, but I'm going to do the the team. It's the starting five of the bad boys, uh, the Detroit Pistons in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Respect for those guys watching them play, but I during I remember talking to my parents and and you bring up that team and they they hate I've never seen my parents mm-hmm. hate anyone or a team more than they hated the the, the bad boys in the late eighties early nineties uh, oh, the Detroit yeah. Pistons Isaiah Thomas uh, Dennis Rodman I think Purdue was part of that team as well uh, mm. just kind of a, a, a guys with that you know you gonna hate us we don't care attitude. And and basically, if you weren't a Pistons fan, you hated this team because they would always just get on your skin, under your skin, and and cause lots of problems. I mean, I know I watched uh, we 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 some of us watched that. There's a I think there's a Bulls documentary that ha- that highlights them and and it's an ESPN it's, thirty for thirty for thirty for thirty. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And 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 then uh, Michael Jordan didn't even want you know he didn't let Isaiah right. Thomas on the dream team. I mean, he, yeah, he's yeah. just he just they just got on it under everyone's skin. It's just well, yeah. Uh, you know, really so, good book too for Chicago sports fans. The Jordan rules. A lot of that Jordan rules focuses on how the Pistons approached playing Michael Jordan. You know, being super physical and just beating the shit out of him. Like Bill Lambeer, 
That's one of those guys. Bill Lambier, like that Bill was Lambier, man. Bill Lambier is that, yeah. mm, that guy. That guy, I mean, man. It's like one of those – A lot. I mean, pretty much every player on that team is like one of those guys you love if he's on your team. Yep. But if he's not, Dennis absolutely Rodman. hate him. Love, Draymond Green would have been perfect Chicago. for those, that yeah. team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we love Dennis Rodman on the, on the, um, on the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, you, you had like uh, Patrick Ewing. Like everybody hated him unless you were what he was on the Knicks, unless you were a Knicks fan. It's just like, you know, it's 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 funny. And and that's the yeah, and the bad boys. I mean, obviously hated in Chicago by so many, but also hated across the NBA. So Blake, who's your number two? Number two for me, kind of similar to LeBron here. I got Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady is wow. as far as I'm Tom. concerned. Well, that's a lot of people don't though. A lot of people, you know, go you go on Twitter and you look at those threads. There's still so many people out here that think he they call him a cheater, and you know, the Patriots have kind of been labeled as cheaters. But at the same time, Tom Brady's the goat, man. And if, if you know a couple of psi is out of that football, it's a little deflated, and and the Patriots still won 45 to 10, and you're still gonna call him a cheater. Like, come on, bro. Like Tom Brady still gets so much hate. There's people out here that say he's a system quarterback. This man's got six Super Bowls. This man ties a like, quarterback in his yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like this man's the goat. As far as I'm concerned, is it like a pure football fan through and through? If you hate on Tom Brady, like you're just probably a hater in life. I mean, I mean the just dude a hater, man. You're just a hater. That's literally, man. He hate me. XFL shout out. Rod Smart. That was the guy he wore he hate me on the back of his jersey. That should have been on the list, to be honest. I don't even I didn't even you see You don't know that. he hate me? That's oh. what XFL, they used to allow like nicknames and stuff on the back of the jerseys. And, and that's what Rod Smart, that's like one of the most famous XFL jerseys. You got to check that out back in 2001. But yeah, Tom Brady's my number two. Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, my number one for most hated Drum roll. <laughs> as my dog. Stop eating my notebook. Ooh, Coop is out here. He's training, um, bro. He's trying to put on the pounds so he can be the right guard for the Bears next right, year. That's right. That's right. I'm going to give him extra food tonight. Um, my number one is someone I think we can all share hate in, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. I was able to respect him while the Bears were bad, but just like I just don't like him, dude. I don't like him. I think 95% of NFL fans do not like Aaron Rodgers. Um I, that's that's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. like. Him. I think it's it's definitely easy as a Bears like fan to not like him. I don't like him. I don't like him in general. If I was yeah. an Eagles fan, I would not like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's cocky, and I think he thinks too full. I think he's too full of himself sometimes. I just think one of these times, like I don't know. I just oh god. Aaron, just, Aaron Rodgers triggers you, huh? He gets under yeah, your skin. I, love, I, I can I tell. Love, Favre. I love Brett Favre, dude. I loved watching. Like, I, I just like Brett Favre. I think he's a great guy. I think he's hilarious. I think he doesn't give a shit. I think he just. I think he just loved playing football for the game. He was a guy I really enjoyed. Didn't enjoy watching, but he's a guy that you can look back and be like, I really like him playing. Aaron Rodgers is someone you can look back and go, I loved watching him play. He was really good, but he was just like he's just. I don't know, just a cocky loser. That's what I think. Like, what's that mustache, bro? You're like thirty. Why? Why? He's like, like thirty-five. He's yeah, older than he's 30. He's wearing that mustache like he's a frat boy. I don't understand. Like, just, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's, he's that's got bread. I don't care what he has. Uh, that was your nut. So, Aaron Rodgers, your number one. My number one. He's my number one. And it was between All him right. and the guy. It was more of a personal number one. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But I got, I got kind of a sleeper here at number one that I don't think that if I gave you five hours, you'd be able to guess. And I got... Tanya Harding, a sleeper. Number one. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Let me try. I to just guess. said it. I already said it. Tanya Harding. 
Oh, Tanya wow. Harding, bro. Wow. All right, like listen, All right, you're going out there. And like this is like before I was even born. So like you know I don't really have a frame of reference for like the stories that were going on. I've seen. I have seen I, Tanya with Margot Robbie, which is an awesome movie. Margot yeah. Robbie does an unbelievable job. But think about this story, bro. Like when I was trying to come up with my craziest athletes or my most hated athletes for this, you know, I was trying to think of some. And then like I think about Tanya Harding. It's like, all right, so you got her who's competing to potentially go to the Olympics, right? And the Olympics is still very team oriented, even though like even though there's a lot of individual awards and everything like that, you know, you're rooting for your country to win as many as possible, you know? And then Tanya Harding is out here with Nancy Kerrigan, and they were also friends beforehand. So, you know, it's 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 just the story is mind-boggling. And I wish I was alive at the time just to see everything that's going on. Cause like I can't imagine Twitter and all this stuff just popping off after this happened. Because and anybody who's not familiar with the story, Tanya Harding had com- well, she said she didn't, but it's not really fully known. But her boyfriend, Jeff Galuli, uh, and a, an accomplice basically broke into the training center where they were practicing and Nancy Kerrigan was in a hallway or something. There's a blind spot. Yeah. Took a bat or the, the bar and just broke her ankle. And there's Find that, me. yeah, that famous video of Nancy Kerrigan bawling her eyes out. And to think that another USA athlete basically ordered a hit on another USA athlete to better her chances. I'm just imagining getting gold. hit by, I'm just imagining getting hit by a, right. a, a metal like thing right and someone who's your friend and like a teammates like in their boyfriend and they were potentially a co-conspirator it's like for example like to put it to make it you know a recent like a relevance to it you know like imagine like if simone biles or like michaela maroney the gymnastics girls imagine if one of them like hired their boyfriend to take out the (laughs) other so that they could do better you know like that shit's crazy to me and like that made her one of the most hated people i think pretty much in sports and then she goes on, and I'm pretty sure she made a sex tape like after that, and it was just kind of like oh, yeah, a, she a had, downward uh, spiral. Went, you know what went, I mean? Yeah, she went kind of uh, kind of downhill after that. Um, and she was great. She was like really good. You know, she could have potentially beaten Nancy Kerrigan. She probably didn't even need to do that. So that's why it's just like one of the craziest things that have ever happened in sports, and it led to her becoming one of the most hated individuals. Like I don't think I pressed record. It's recording on my end, so you're good, my dude. Oh God! Ooh, are you, you sure about that? I am positive because I see right wow. here. Wow! I don't have recording right now. I don't have recording right now, but we'll we'll go with it. Uh, How you guys still get to hear this? The first edition of the show. We don't have to go back and do it a second time. Yeah! Holy shit! I recorded for that a minute. I got a great big board excitement. I was like, all right, well, let's just show goes on. Let's just keep it going. Um. All right, so let's recap our big boards. Uh, Blake, give me your top five. Give me your top four of uh, the household big board. So I got four: Jay Cutler, three: LeBron, two: Tom Brady, and number one: Tanya Harding. Pretty good list. All right, I'm going number four. Um, I went. <laughs> yeah, I went, Roger Clemens at three. I know Roger that. Roger Clemens was three. Roger Clemens was three. It went. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, the number Bad Boys. One. Roger Clemens, and then I had one of the guys that I – Kevin Durant. Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and those are my four. So uh, we'll send out the graphic uh, later this week, and, and so you guys can take a look at, uh, you know, again, who we who we voted on and, and who we put on our big board as our top most hated athletes in sports. And, and they're interesting lists. If you have any opinions, let us know. Shoot us a, twi- a tweet at House Hall Brawl on Twitter or 
uh, comment on our Facebook page, uh, House Hall Brawl on Facebook. We're interested to hear your thoughts. And if you have a ranking yourself, we'd love to hear. So let us know. Hit us up. Um, but, yeah, that's all we have for this show. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope you enjoyed the content. Hope you enjoyed everything about this show, the raw, real recording. You know, I don't even know if we're recording this part right now. So hopefully you get to hear it. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to go into it. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to have a lot more awesome stuff, another big board segment, more Bears news, and uh, potentially a new sound for our intro music. So stay tuned. We're excited about that as we get this rolling in season two. So bear down, go Bears, and uh, catch you guys next week. Bear.